specifically, what is your response to the rumors that you have a quote-unquote arsenal uh, on everyone in your cast? You know, I don't call it an arsenal just because I know things. That's not a, that's not an arsenal because I'm very lucid and have a great memory. I think, you know, every, you know, she's sober, people. She's going to remember. No, it's like that's really what it is. And I think people get upset about that because, listen, I know a lot of people. I know things. And because I choose not to say it and I say it at opportune times, that's not an arsenal. Right. I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, you know, and because people aren't as savvy as me and don't pay attention, that's on them. I mean, what do you want me to do? What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again with this bonus episode because you know that last weekend something very important happened and it was BravoCon. So let's dive right into it, guys. There's a lot to cover. So Andy Cohen was on a panel with Jeff Lewis. He was being interviewed by Jeff Lewis and Andy was talking about the show and he said, that us, the viewers, we could expect to see a lot more of Gia Judice in the upcoming season and that he actually could see uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey Next Generation featuring Gia Judice. So you could hear a few voices from the crowd at that point. Um, not Maybe not exactly at that point, but during that interview with Jeff Lewis, there were a few hecklers that were um, basically chanting to fire Teresa. I think I heard somewhere that it was a couple of people, but when you actually watch the video, it feels like it was more than just a couple of people. I just thought I would say that. But they were chanting to fire Teresa. They were saying, fire Teresa, fire Teresa, and to get rid of her. And um, if you watch it on video, you could see that Andy was visibly annoyed by it, and he asked them to stop. So I thought it was very interesting when Andy continued and said that he sees Gia... Uh, this is a possibility in seeing Gia becoming uh, a housewife eventually. Um, and something that was very interesting, and that did not necessarily happen on that panel, but there was a panel afterwards, maybe on the second day of BravoCon. But um, the panel was with Teresa, Giselle, Kyle Richards from Beverly Hills, that... Um, lady i can't remember her name but she's from south lake city and there was robin from the real housewives of potomac so they were all on a panel together and then someone asked if the ladies would be happy like someone from the crowd you know at the end um people are allowed to interview or not to interview but to ask a question to the housewife so <clears throat> someone from the crowd asked if they would see or if they would want or if they would be happy i should say if their daughters wanted to do the show later on and become housewives or reality tv stars so robin since she's the robin from potomac she, since she's the only one with boys obviously the question did not apply to her but everybody else on that panel like i'm talking about the girl from the real housewives of um 
Salt Lake City, and I'm sorry, I don't, I can't remember her name. I just don't really watch that franchise, so that's why I'm not familiar with her. But I have seen her on Girl Strip. I'm not trying to be shady. I just really do not remember her name. But she's that blonde lady that used to be, um, well, that's not really relevant that she was friends with Jen Shaw, but she was believing Jen Shaw. So, so you're not, you guys know who I'm talking about. So, anyways, she has daughters, and Kyle, we all know Kyle has daughters only. Teresa has daughters only, and Giselle has daughters only. So, Robin was the only one who actually has two boys. That, therefore, that question did not apply to her. But, um, so starting from the lady from Salt Lake City, the lady said, no, you know, my daughter, she kind of sees what I'm doing. She thinks it's fun to a certain degree, but she is definitely not interested in reality TV. She wants no parts of it. That's it. And then they moved on to Kyle and Kyle was like, absolutely not. I would not be happy with that. I do not support that. I do not want that. I don't want them to become housewives. It's like a hard no for her right although her kids are fe are being featured in a real estate show on netflix and it is somewhat a little bit of a reality tv show uh it may not be um you know with the same dynamic that kyle is experiencing with housewives but it is a reality show regardless uh focusing mostly on real estate and you know their journey uh, as real estate agents but anyways kyle was very adamant that she does not want that for her girls and um just to offer a little bit of insight here for those who do not know this but kyle was a child star uh her and her sister kim Richards. so she might you know she has grown um up in the industry and she might not want um her kids even though they are grown now to be exposed to some of the things that a lot of these kids are being exposed to when they grow up in the industry, right? And I have to say, I'm not a big fan of Kyle, but so far I think she has done a, fan a fantastic job to, you know, shelter her kids when it comes to all of that, right? From what I know it anyways. So, uh, and then after that, you know, they move on to Giselle and Giselle says, no, like my girls have absolutely no interest in becoming reality TV stars. They think it's fun at times, like basically saying the same thing that the other ladies had said before her, right? So then at that point, you know, Teresa is the last one to have to answer to that question. And Teresa says, um, well, you know, she's the only one that didn't say no that didn't say absolutely not she was actually like well you know gia she was kind of like dancing around the question a little bit and she said gia is too young to get married and to become a housewife so that's where she started from she's like she's too young to get married and become a housewife although we know that there have been some other housewives that were on the show that were not necessarily married or they, you know, for example, Bethany Franklin, Franken, Frankel, sorry. She was not married when she joined the show. She was in a relationship, yes, but you know, she was not necessarily what you look at in terms of traditional housewife, right? But anyways, so Teresa said that about Gia and she said, but later on, if this is what Gia wants to do, then that's her decision. You know, I'm not going to basically tell her not to do it. I'm not going to tell her to do it. It's her decision and I'm supporting her no matter what she chooses to do. So that was Teresa's response when it came to that part of the question, which I thought was very interesting, given what Andy had just said during his panel with Jeff Lewis. 
and uh, that we can expect to see more of Gia in the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I just wonder what is going on with Gia's law school. Like, I'm wondering, if, is she still pursuing that? I haven't really gotten an update when it comes to the whole thing. I know that now they have the partnership with Cheyenne. And uh, now Andy has confirmed that we can expect to see a lot of Gia. So Gia is probably going to be supporting her mom and getting involved and like, you know, acting like a mini housewife in the upcoming se season. But I would just really like to know um, if she's still pursuing law school and not to say that she can't pursue law school and be on tv it's just a legitimate question that i have and one other thing too um teresa that i forgot to mention teresa also said that you know gabriella has no interest in doing housewives she hates the cameras always try like always shies away from the cameras and We've seen that on the show. Like, she's not really, like, front and center like that. She said that Adriana was definitely too young because she's 14 years old. So, no, you know, she's not going to be a housewife. It's not even a question. But she said that in the future, she could definitely see, you know, maybe Gia, if this is what she wants to pursue, or Melania because Melania loves the cameras, according to Teresa. So there's always a certain level or a certain amount of drama at BravoCon and I'm sure if you follow her on social media, on Instagram, or if you follow maybe Dana Wilkie, you are probably already aware of this, but just to make a long story short, uh, Thea from Your Moms Are Watching was at BravoCon and uh, she was covering a lot of the stories um, live, you know, recording snippets or even very long um, excerpts of the show or the different panels and uh, she was also doing a segment with Dana live from BravoCon in Las Vegas so to make a long story short for those of you who do not know Thea has a book she wrote a book about I think it's called Housewives Trivia and apparently it's supposed to be this game book that is a very good present to give to someone who is uh, a fan of the housewives and maybe something that you can play during the holidays or just between girlfriends or bachelorette parties or that kind of stuff right so Thea has been uh, actively trying to promote her book and she was recently on the Heather McDonald show um, talking about her book as well so um, obviously BravoCon is a good opportunity for her to not only see the reality stars that she talks about and has some relationship with but to also promote her book so she only had a certain amount of the physical copy that she brought with her because obviously you know it's not it's not a thin book it's quite uh thick and who really wants to have to carry so many books anyways right so she only had a certain amount with her. I'm not sure what the amount was. I don't know if it was three or five, but um, she gave a copy of her book to a, a whole bunch of other housewives. I think Dorinda got one. I think Erica uh, Jane from The Real Housewives of um, Beverly Hills got a copy as well. And um, actually, I didn't see Erica receive the book, but according to Thea, she was very appreciative and she thanked her and I think she gave her a hug or something. So she was very receptive to um, the gesture. And um, the one with Dorinda actually captured that um, from a video on Bravo TV. Um, you know, 
Dorinda was signing a whole bunch of autographs for her fans that were standing in line and Fia didn't want to have to do the line because she, she's not waiting for a picture or whatever so she kind of went at the front of the line to just give Dorinda a copy of her book and then Dorinda in the midst of the moment she was kind of like oh thank you and she was like signing the book maybe she thought that Tia wanted to have her book autograph but then Tia was like no 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 it's not that it's for you <laughs> I'm just giving you a copy and then during that was like oh perfect thank you so much right but apparently the same did not happen when Fia from your moms are watching tried to give a copy of her book to Miss Shannon, Shannon Bedore um, I think same type of scenario, uh, Thea just kind of like went ahead and gave her the book, didn't want to wait for her in line or she didn't want to have to wait too long, she just gave her the book. And then Shannon had, I don't know if it was a knee-jerk rea reaction or maybe she didn't understand what was going on at that point. And I have to say, I have to say that, you know, BravoCon, I've never been to BravoCon, but from what I can see, it seems like a very overwhelming experience it's over three days you have fans it's like fan constant fan and stimuli overload people are coming you from the left people are coming to you from the right people are coming to you from the front or from the back so i could see that with maybe a person that is dealing with a certain level of anxiety or you know someone who's not really accustomed to a lot of crowds and i'm not saying that this is the case for shannon bedore i'm just saying that it could be a little bit of an overwhelming experience so apparently when um thea handed her book to shannon shannon was just like oh okay she, actually no she didn't even say anything she just grabbed the book according to what thea said and she just tossed it to her assistant and then her assistant ended up taking the book and just putting it on a chair and then she rested her you know pocketbook or purse on top of the book right so I guess that kind of ticked off Tia she thought that was a little rude or maybe a lot of rude and she wasn't really happy about that because Shannon didn't first of all not acknowledge her didn't say thank you didn't say oh what is this what is this about or you want a picture you want a hug <laughs> like nothing she just grabbed it give it to her assistant like okay get this thing out of here and then um the assistant put it on a chair so <laughs> yeah so then that uh is something that really annoyed Tia she's been um talking about it uh, quite extensively in her lives and referencing it and posting stories about that. So if you do hear anything that has to do with Shannon in a book, just know if you are not aware already of the situation that that's what transpired at BravoCon. Oh, and I forgot to say, Thea did a little bit of a gangster move. She was just like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not just going to give you a book and you're just going to toss it like, you know, like a piece of trash. I'm going to go back and grab my book, you know. So she went back <laughs> to grab her book from the chair. And then her uh, Shannon's assistant said, oh, what are you doing? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm holding it for her. Like, obviously, she she's going to have it later on. Like, I'm just like keeping it for her. And then Shannon's like, no, I'm taking my book back. Because Tia, in her mind, she's like, you know what? I only brought a certain amount of copies with me. I want to make sure that when I hand this book to somebody, like to a housewife, that the person actually appreciates the book and is not, is, is not just going to disregard it in that fashion. So 
anyways, that was a little story about Shannon Bedore. And um, on a panel, Shannon was asked, obviously, like the big question that was on everyone's lip, lips, the big elephant in the room. So Shannon provided an update on her DUI case. Um, she said that she's going through some sort of rehab program and that she's very grateful not to have hurt anyone and then she kind of became a little emotional on the panel and she said she was sorry that she was really working on herself that she's going to do some community service and all of that right so then somebody asked her um well not somebody i guess the host said you know what's going on with john john her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend and um you know Sh shannon did a lot of kind of like blaming like yeah you know like um part of my rehabilitation is to also cut off people that are like not really good for me certain like relationships and certain things and i guess like john is like one of those things or one of those people that she has to stay away from and then she said i have not spoken to or seen him in a month right so ever since that that accident happened on the road in the dui she has not been in communication with john and um, the host asked her okay so no chance of you guys being like you know friends with benefits which I thought was a little bit of a weird question, but yes, uh, she confirmed that there are currently no benefits to the relationship. So during his panel with Andy Cohen at BravoCon, Jeff Lewis threw some shade at Crystal Mankoff um, during the panel. So he basically insinuated he, uh, Jeff Lewis, um, in a very shady way, by the way, that um, the best part of the premiere of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last week was the part where Crystal was being quiet, right? Um, those were not his exact words verbatim, but I'm just trying to give, like, I'm just paraphrasing here. So if you watched the premiere last week, you know that Crystal was not featured in that episode. Um, so Jeff Lewis was being very shady when he said that. So later on, I guess, um, he felt bad about what he said during that panel because, again, it was perceived as very shady. Even Andy Cohen made a face when he said that. Um, he called, I think he called Crystal. I don't think it was a text, but he called her afterwards to apologize for his shady behavior and comments. So later on, Crystal Minkoff was on the red carpet with Garcelle Beauvais and uh, Sutton's track and um, they were being interviewed on the red carpet and the lady asked um, Crystal if she was made aware of the comments that Jeff made on her behalf um, about her, right? So Crystal said that she did in fact hear him say these things and then I guess she was a little fired up and then she said to the interviewer uh, okay like I guess I'm accepting your apology but you are a blank and then the next word is sucker and um, you could tell that um, Garcelle Beauvais and Sutton Strack like I've actually watched the video they were both appalled they actually went <gasps> and like you know Sutton and her eyes and Garcelle was just like oh no you did not just say that they looked like appalled by what what Crystal said right and then Crystal I guess she became aware of their reaction and she was just like well that's true you know he is a bitchy guy right so then, um, 
you know, the host didn't really seem bothered by it. She kind of had a good laugh and just said, oh my God, mic drop. That's what she said. It was kind of like a, fu a funny moment for her. So now if you are seeing things on the Twitterverse, uh, the Bravoverse, it's going on and it's wild right now. There's a lot of people that are calling Crystal Minkoff um like a certain label like there's you know saying that she's anti-gay because she made that comment blank sucker you can fill in the back blank for yourself and um people are just like some people are insinuating that she should get canceled some canceled some people are being pretty aggressive about it so anyways there's a a lot going on out there on that front um there's some you know gay people obviously that are upset about that comment but I have to also be honest and say that I've seen other accounts that have pretty large followings as well and some of them are also gay or admittedly gay and they don't see that as a big deal either. So I just like to offer a little bit of nuance here because you know maybe everybody thinks that you know everybody is upset about that comment. Some people are, some people are not. Some. Uh, gay fan accounts are some don't see a problem with that so i just thought it would be interesting to um present you with uh, the 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 two options here but um i have to say there is one person that came up to me and said that you know it's not necessarily that she thought that um crystal was anti-gay when she made that comment um, it's just like in the way that she said it, it sounded more like she was trying to use that word to define Jeff Lewis and that she didn't like. And I have to say that I don't know what Crystal's intentions were when she said this, but uh, if she said it in that manner, then I would have to agree that, you know, it shouldn't be used um, to define a gay man as such, right? But, um, you know, I have to be honest, just the term in itself, like I didn't know it was like proprietary to only the gay community. I'm pretty sure that, you know, there are some straight women that, you know, do that too. And <laughs> I'm saying like, it's not just gay men. There's like, oh, unless you're Jackie, like, you know, and this is, I don't do that, right? So <laughs> unless you're Jackie Goldschneider, then, you know, I'm pretty sure like, you know, everyone that is in a relationship, like, this is something that they might do at some point in time, right? So another thing that I thought was quite interesting is the fact that Crystal is not very good with words. You know, in the past, she has said like things like, oh my gosh, this was dark or this was this. And it's like she always uses the wrong term or she always uses something that is like not appropriate for, for the situation. So and I'm not defending her and I'm not saying that I am in the know or know what she meant when she said that. However, it is very possible that she wanted to say that Jeff Lewis was an ass kisser, right? But, you know, when she was in the moment, maybe she just mixed up her words and she just used a different word. It is possible as well because to me, um, yeah, you know, he was talking to Andy Cohen at that point when he was saying that and, you know, we know that they're kind of friends and he tends to kind of just like suck up to him a little bit. Uh, maybe, I no, maybe not suck up. Maybe I should say suck up. Maybe <laughs> he tends to kind of like kiss his ass a little bit, right? So maybe that's what she meant when she said this. And, um, 
you know, at the end of the day, Jeff Lewis, you know, I don't necessarily have a particular opinion about him. Like, you know, when he was on TV, I guess he was great TV and he has a good um, show or podcast. But at the end of the day, I do agree with the little, like the bitchy guy. Like he talks a lot about the housewives and he is not always passive aggressive. He's mostly aggressive and he has a lot of like strong opinions. And sometimes he is like shady for absolutely no reason. So, you know, it is possible that at some point in time, people just want to give it back to him a little bit. Now, am I saying that it was the right term? No. Um... I don't even know why Crystal would say that. Like, to me, it was just like, oh, like, don't give me visuals, right? She could have just say, you know what? He's a bitchy guy, and he always does this. You know, he insults people publicly, and then he just apologized privately. She could have said something like that, but that's just my opinion, guys. And I wanted to share that little bit with you all. Okay, so James Kennedy, Ali, Louie, and Teresa were on a panel together, like, you know, one of those short and fun panels. And um, not much really happened on that panel, but I'm just going to let you know the highlights. So basically, um, James know he knew who Teresa was. He's been to BravoCon before. He knows about the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um I think Louis knew who James was. They seemed to get along while they were on that panel together. Like James was being James, like, you know, his funny self. And uh, Ali, his girlfriend, she balances him out. Like, because I, I find that, you know, they're a good balance for each other. And uh, Louis was mostly just laughing at James's jokes. And uh, Teresa admitted to James that she has never watched the Vanderpump Rules, uh, that um, she doesn't really have the time, that she only watches her show, and I think Beverly Hills, and maybe she just started Salt Lake City and Dubai. But now that she has some time ahead of her after filming the 14th season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, that she will make sure to dedicate some time to Vanderpump Rules. But she did say that her girls watch uh, Vanderpump Rules and they last uh, last season. So anyways, now that that's out of the way, the host of that panel, she said to Teresa and Louis that she feels like um, Louis is a Teresa whisperer that, you know, he can just say, uh, something to diffuse the situation, or it could just be a look or a touch. And then out of the sudden, Teresa is able to, uh, become grounded again and then calm herself and then just kind of rephrase what she meant or that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, she was basically asking Louis, um, you know, how he learned how to do all of these things. So then he went into that and talked about it. And he said that, you know, the show can be very competitive at times. He says that it can be, be very toxic and it could also be very dangerous at times, which I thought was very interesting for Louis to say. And I, I don't want to put any words in his mouth. I just, I'm just curious to know what he meant by that, by dangerous. So, um, you know, he, he, he repeated that it's competitive and toxic and that, you know, people probably um, tend to come for Teresa. And then Teresa, she kind of like interrupted him a little bit and she was just like, oh, you know, Louis has taught me so much and he has taught me to remain calm in situations and he has taught me to argue intelligently and, um, you know, he has my ear in that way. Like I'm learning so much from Louis kind of thing. Right. So 
And then Louis interrupted Teresa again and said at that point, well, it doesn't always work though. You know, like the, everything that you just said, it does not always work. I'm trying, but it doesn't always work on that show. So there was a panel at BravoCon where Sutton set Sutton's track from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Katie Moore from The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules, Candace from The Real Housewives of Potomac, and Margaret from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. They were all, all on this fun panel again with the same host. And I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, I believe they had the exact same panel last season, all these ladies together. So maybe they wanted to have a repeat of that but anyways um so the ladies you know they were playing a game like there's a lot that happens beforehand um i don't necessarily feel like covering all of that but there was a lot happening beforehand at some point in time uh they decided to play a game and the host had lala spinning a wheel there was like a wheel like it's called like the wheel the bravo wheel or something like that and then the the host has to read a question um or depending on where it lands on the wheel um i guess the host in that case had to read a question right for lala so the question was uh, which one of the Bravo celebrities would you rather not be stuck in an elevator with? Which To which Lala responded, that's easy. I wouldn't want to be stuck with Teresa Judice. And then everybody was like from the crowd, oh, oh, you know, obviously, like there's like a lot of reactions in the crowd. People, Lala Kent is known to be very blunt and, you know, very honest in her delivery. And, uh, you know, it seems like her fans la liked her answer, right? And obviously, Margaret was there, too. And Margaret, given her relationship at the moment with Teresa, said something like, oh, ditto, you know, like me, too. Like, me neither. Like, something like that, which hyped up the crowd even more. And then Lala said, what would be even worse, though, would be to have both Teresa and Louie in the elevator with me. That would be like a nightmare kind of thing, right? And then Margaret chimed in and, you know, everybody laughed and everybody seemed to be having a little bit fun, a little bit of fun at Teresa's expense. So later on, um, Teresa had her panel, you know, that panel that I was talking to you guys about earlier on so it was during that same panel with the lady from south lake city kyle richards vicky gunvilson uh giselle and robin so um a fan you know during those moments where the fans uh they're able to go up to the microphone and ask a question well to everyone's surprise the fan was not a fan, but it was Louis Ruelas who came up to the microphone to ask a question for a housewife, for his wife, Theresa, right? And then Louis decided to ask the reversed, que the reversed question that was asked to Lala, to Theresa, okay? So remember, Lala's question was, who would you rather not be stuck with? But Louis said, uh, if you had to be locked in in an elevator with a Bravo celebrity, who would it be? So then Teresa's like, oh, okay, you know, I guess, should I say the person that said it yesterday? And then she's kind of like trying to play like, 
you know, a little bit of naive. And um, she's like, well, I would say that for me, it would be Lala. It would be Lala. I would love to be stuck in an elevator with Lala. And then Louis chimed in from the crowd, like on the microphone, and you can hear him say, good job, good job, right? <laughs> so then Teresa says, although Lala said that she wouldn't want to be locked in with me and Louis, um, you know, I think it would be such a dream. It would be a dream. It would be so much fun. And by the way, Lala later on DM'd me privately and uh, she apologized for what she said, which was sweet. So it's all good. We're all cool. That kind of stuff, right? So that kind of makes me, I don't know, these types of interactions, they make me believe that the whole thing is fake. Because it's like, Lala, she is known to be blunt and honest and like, you know, no nonsense or, you know, depending. Some people think she's full of nonsense. Other people think that she is a no-nonsense type of person. So I'm just saying she's a very blunt individual or like character on the show. So if Lala said that, I don't think it was the meanest thing. She just said she would rather not be stuck with Teresa in an elevator and Louis. But then she goes and she knows that Teresa is probably going to see this. And she's like, okay, you know what? I was just trying to be funny I'm sorry kind of thing right so it makes it feel even more fake and it's like it almost feels like Louis was given the opportunity to come to the microphone to ask that question only for that purpose right just for the purpose to say that okay we talked to Lala and she re she's really sorry guys so it's almost like they set the stage for Louis to do that so he could tell everyone that Lala had apologized to or so Teresa could have an opportunity to tell everyone that Lala had apologized to her privately. Tonight we try to squash, squash the beat with Teddy. I know you find her annoying. You have had her banned from attending the Trace Amigas. Is there hope for you two to come together? What, what, what is, is there a problem? Does she talk poorly? Does she, does she try to take the camera away from you? I can share my friends. I'm not that kind of girl. Okay. We can go way back. Um, one of the things you said, I'm going to go berserk on it. Where was I on January 6th? I'll tell you where I was. of you who are listening from outside of the United States, um, you know, because of the algorithm, I don't want to talk about this here, not just on my podcast, but also on YouTube. So um, I'm pretty sure that if you are not familiar with what happened, a search in Google or your preferred search engine will tell you what happened on January 6th, a few years ago, it made international news. And uh, that's basically 
you know, I do not wish to discuss this on this platform right now, but um, you can just understand that it's something that is very, very, very um, dark. And, um, you know, it's on the political front and this is like a housewife's dedicated podcast. So at BravoCon every year, they do this thing religiously, uh, which is called Squash the Beef. And it is a panel where the housewives or other Bravo celebrities that have said things that were a little shady or mean um, against another uh, Bravo celebrity get to um, confront each other for a short period of time and have the opportunity given to them to squash their beef. And uh, this little segment of BravoCon is hosted by no one other than Andy Cohen. So in that particular audio clip, what you hear is basically Teddy Mellencamp, who used to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Vicky Gonvilson sitting down and confront each other uh, regarding their beef. So Vicky Gonvilson has been very vocal in the past and said, you know, she said that she doesn't really like Teddy. She has not invited her in certain things that she was involved in. And um, the reason why this is very relevant, I guess, is because not because Teddy is that interesting, to be honest, but um, it's because Teddy has this podcast with Tamara judge uh, on iHeartRadio called Two T's and a Pod. And um, Tamara is known to be Vicky Gonvilson's BFF. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were wondering, like, is it because uh, Tamara and Teddy are now very close? Uh, is that why Vicky does not like Teddy? Uh, because, you know, if you followed Vicky on The Real Housewives of Orange County for several seasons, she tends to be very um, possessive of her girlfriends on the show, right? So, anyways, I like Vicky. But... Um, you know, uh, Vicky says that the beef has absolutely nothing to do with that, that she is more than happy to share her girlfriends, but she was upset and pissed, which I was really surprised by because Vicky tends to just kind of brush things off. She doesn't really stay mad um, for a very long time. Like she usually like, she's usually pretty direct. She says what's on her mind and then she kind of moves on, right? But um, the fact that Vicky was sitting in the chair and was not being her playful self and she was visibly upset and said that I will tell you what my problem is with you is the fact that you have made this uh, insinuation that I was, um, you know, on January 6th, that, you know, fateful date that I was talking to you guys about, that I was somewhere where I should have not been. And in fact, I was in Mexico at my condo, right? So then... Uh, I think that that's a very valid reason, like just to give you my, my personal opinion, guys, I think it is a very valid reason for Vicky to be upset because it's like, like I said, that particular event that took place in the United States a few years ago is um, probably not something that you want to be accused of or to be uh, accused of being at this particular place at that particular time, right? So I understand Vicky's frustration uh, with Teddy when it comes to that because we live in an era that people get canceled for way less than that So some like if your name was to be tied up to that particular event that could be career-ending for Vicky and um, You know 
we also have to consider the public backlash, right? So <clears throat> it is a very strong accusation or um, allegation that <clears throat> Teddy put out there. So I totally understand Vicky's fr frustration when it comes to that. And I was very disappointed in Teddy because Teddy calls herself the accountability coach and she's always saying that people need to be accountable and they need to do this and they need to do that and she's you know she's always telling people what to do when she was on that show like she knows everything at you know that everyone should be doing at a particular point in time but i think that teddy could have just squashed that beef very easily and just said to vicky you know what vicky I do not remember saying that, or maybe I did say that, you know, I'm on the podcast, sometimes I over talk, sometimes I'm trying to be funny, and I understand that that was not a joke that landed well with you. In retrospect, I should have never said that, I'm sorry, I apologize, right? I think that that's a very easy thing to say, um, but instead of taking that opportunity, she went even lower, and then she said to Vicky that... Um, she thinks that Vicky might just be triggered by someone that actually really has cancer. And then Vicky became super upset. She actually, if you have not seen that video, guys, she actually got up from her seat and she said, I can't believe that you just said this to me. And she looked disgusted with Teddy, right? So I don't know. I don't know what happened to Teddy. Uh, she used to be this girl that, you know, you said boo to her and she would start crying. Now it seems like she just wants to be a mean girl. And to me, it sounded like she had rehearsed that read, you know, just trying to read Vicky in a very mean way. And um, it seemed a little rehearsed to me, like she practiced that read all night, like the night before, right? And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with The Real Housewife of Orange County, um, the reason why real cancer is a trigger word for Vicki Gonvalson, it has to do with her history with a certain guy named Brooks who used to be her boyfriend at the time. And he was duping everyone into believing that he had cancer, which in fact he did not. So that's why that was a trigger point for Vicki. And while we are on the topic of uh, canceling celebrities, I just wanted to touch on that very briefly, um, given that in my last episode last week, I covered um, the topic of Mar Margaret Joseph and Joseph and that video that had been circulating. I'm sorry, that audio clip that had been circulating online uh, pretty much everywhere on Twitter or Instagram or on social media. So I'm not going to talk about the whole thing all over again if you are curious to know what i'm talking about you can refer back to my very last episode uh from last week so um there we heard a rumor that at BravoCon there was um there was um there was a moment between and that's just a rumor guys uh, it's alleged i'm not even sure if it's true i haven't heard back but it's all over social media so it's been alleged that um, there was like a photo op, a photo opportunity between um, the ladies and one of them being Margaret and Garcelle Beauvais. And uh, apparently in light of, you know, the rumors and all of the, the, you know, the comment that was made on that audio clip that Garcelle Beauvais wanted no parts of it and she did not want to be uh, seen or taking a picture with Margaret, you know, she was kind of just like, the rumor has it that 
Garcelle wanted to shy away from that and she was just kind of like you know what you maybe need to fix that situation first or we may need to obtain a little bit more clarity on that situation first before I feel comfortable to be in a photo with you right because again um, what was on that audio clip that 15 second audio clip is damaging i said it last week it's damaging it could be career ending all of your endorsements can end uh you could be fired from your position at bravo uh just look at what happened to ramona ramona was supposed to attend bravo con and in light of everything that came out in the vanity fair article ramona was asked not to attend bravo con so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on that guys but um I just wanted to take the opportunity to say that you see um, there's already some consequences to something like that circulating online and we don't necessarily know at this point if it is true that if it is Margaret's voice if Margaret did say that that so to me when I listened to the recording I told you guys what my opinion was I did not feel like it was Margaret's voice and I did not feel like the person who said it was Margaret's voice right that's my opinion however um, I also want to be clear and I want people to understand that if Margaret had in fact said these things that it would be wrong and that of course you know she would deserve the public backlash for using that term right um, and basically you know I don't feel comfortable crucifying uh, a person without enough evidence and I said and shared with you guys that I felt like it was a little bit of a setup and um, it was very um, it was very funny to have obtained a 15 second clip where Margaret would say something like this and then at the same time talk about Teresa, Melissa and Joe all in those 15 seconds but that we don't have any history as to where the video the audio clip came from who gave it to that person who actually runs that fan account and all of those things right so my little bit of advice for miss margaret joseph at this point i don't think i'm pretty sure that she probably wishes for the story to die off and for people to stop talking about it uh understandably so especially if she is innocent but those are the types of things that i don't think you should just um turn a blind eye and pretend that they don't exist because if someone is trying to mess with your name and your reputation and your character I think that she should take um, the legal route and try to uncover the truth here like Mar Margaret should try to go the legal route ask who is behind that account that fan account that shared that audio clip um, how that audio clip was obtained to prove that it is in fact Margaret's voice to prove that that uh, recording is not a product or byproduct of uh, artificial intelligence. Um, I would have that person try to prove and um, provide evidence that it is in fact Margaret on that audio clip. And if it turns out that it is not Margaret and that it is fabricated, um, I think that you know these people should be dealt with accordingly with the law. Because, you know, we don't know if it's Margaret on that 
audio clip and already people are not feeling comfortable to take pictures with her because they're like I don't know I heard something about you and I definitely don't want to be seen in a picture with you I don't want to be used like as a prop you know what I mean like if you really have these views I don't want to be seen in your company which would be understanding uh, from Garcelle's point of view right understandable from her point of view but at the same time if Margaret is not responsible for for saying these things and it is just someone trying to mess with her reputation I think that she should try to at least go the legal route so she can vindicate vindicate her name and clarify that whole situation Okay, so I'm sorry for the recording. I apologize if it was not clear, but I'm just going to paraphrase a bit in that one minute clip that I just played for you guys. So it was basically during the Michael Rappaport panel at BravoCon with um, one side of uh, the Real Housewife of the New Jersey because, you know, there's a lot of tension on that cast. Teresa is done, done, done. So, um, again, for the second time, Teresa had a separate panel from Melissa and Joe. So, Joe Gorga and Melissa uh, Gorga were not on this panel with Teresa. It was simply um, Dolores Catania and it was um, um, Polly and uh, Louie, Jen Aiden, and um, Bill Aiden, and as well as uh, Jackie Goldschneider, because Jackie is not necessarily getting along right now with Melissa and Margaret Josephs. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And by the way, guys, I have to ask, where is Evan Goldschneider? I have not seen Evan. I have not seen him at BravoCon uh, in any of the videos. Uh, when I attended Melissa's fashion show, I did not see Evan. Um, there's a lot of events this year that it seemed like Evan is not necessarily attending. So anyways, it's just a legitimate question that I have. So, um, so during that panel, you know, it was a time for the fans to ask a question. And then there's this fan that came up to the microphone, um, you know, who to me looks like a uh, a, a, a woman and she comes to the microphone and she asks a question and she says um, basically you know Jennifer Aiden um, can you crawl up Teresa's ass um, even more like you know what I mean like something around those lines so 
Jenny then she gets fired up she was sitting down on her seat and then she gets up and she gets mad and she just starts attacking the fan and the question and she says you know I'm sorry you don't have any friends you know I'm sorry you don't know what friendship is all about I'm sorry you don't have anyone sticking up for you you know and Jen did what Jen does you know she can get like very kind of just like you know salty when she's mad and she tends to channel that destructive energy <laughs> and you know just purge from a very dark place um and it's kind of unfortunate because jen is actually quick-witted she can be funny at times and i don't know like maybe when the pressure is on maybe she does not perform as well but she completely forgot during that time that she was speaking to a fan. And yes, I have to admit, the question was shady as hell, okay? It was, a, it was a shady question. There's no doubts about it. The fan came up and said to Jennifer, can you crawl up Teresa's ass some more, right? That's the question, right? And, you know, we live in America, so people can ask whatever they want to ask. But at the end of the day, it does not negate the fact that she asked a shady question to Jennifer. Now, did I enjoy it is a different question. Of course I did. <laughs> of course I enjoyed the question because I've said it before. Nothing against Jen. I think that Jen is a formidable opponent or housewife. Um, and I, like I said earlier on, she's very quick-witted. She has good reads. Uh, you know, she comes to play. She definitely shows up and she plays. Uh, she plays the game, right? And I have said it before. I find that Jennifer tends to um, be a soldier for Teresa or speak for Teresa a lot. And she puts her foot in her mouth a lot too. You know what I mean? And it's like she has enough of an interesting story herself that she doesn't need to like be such a cheerleader or such a fan for Teresa all the time, right? Because it's the way that she does it. She does it with a little bit of a lack of integrity at times, which can be a little nauseating, like if you ask me, because it's just like, you could tell that Jen is not a stupid girl, like she's very smart, but whenever Teresa does certain things, she's just kind of like, oh, she finds a way to justify it. But I have to ask myself, do you actually believe that Jennifer or are you just being like a super friend, right? So anyways, so although the question was shady from the fan, it is a valid question because I do feel, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that Jen tends to speak for Teresa a lot and tends to, um, you know, kiss up to Teresa, right? And um, I just find that Jen could have just said something different to that fan, right? She didn't have to be so mean. She didn't have to come off so aggressive. She could have just been like, you know what? You only had one chance, one opportunity. Do not miss your chance to blow sit down now sit down you know she could have said something like this to her fan you know she is a rapper she likes rap music she could have quoted eminem and she could have told this girl you know what do not miss your chance to blow because opportunity only comes once in a lifetime so you better sit down she could have said that to her without getting angry but the fact that she got angry and then she grabbed Teresa, and then she told Teresa, you better get up for this one or something like that like now you need to stick up for me. I always stick up for you. Now you're going to speak. And then Teresa's like, okay, I'm sorry. 
you don't have any friends, you know, I, I'm sorry you don't know what, what friendship is, you know. And then I was just like, this is what we're assisting, guys. We're assisting to the descent of Teresa Judice. I'm telling you, I truly feel this in my heart. This was not a good moment for Teresa. I don't care what her fans are saying or her fan base, her fan dumb or like the stands and all of that. This was not a good moment for Teresa because Teresa got influenced by Jennifer and the old Teresa from previous years would have never done that to a fan. She would have just sat down, sat in the chair and just be like, next question, next question. You know, you missed it, next question. She would have not even engaged in it. And there's a certain power in that. You know, Teresa was very good at not letting people see her sweat. And with um, Jennifer around her all the time, and Jennifer is not the kind of person that let things go like that. You know, she feels like she needs to respond to every single thing, which um, gets her in a lot of trouble. Like historically, if you look at Jennifer and her track record, because she feels the need to defend every single thing or talk about every single thing that people say about her on the show or outside of the show, she tends to get into a lot of trouble in that way. Whereas Teresa, uh, Teresa's power used to be just her letting things go and not even engage and just be like, yeah, next, next, next. So the fact that she did that, that both of them did that and attacked that fan and that the, the you know, ter um, Teresa said, I'm sorry, you don't know what friendship is, which is kind of mean. And then Jennifer said the same thing. And then she called the lady, the, the woman who had asked the question, instead of saying, uh, hey, big girl, you have a big mouth. She said, big boy with the big mouth, right? Which is, again, not a good look for Jennifer. Not a good look for Teresa. To leave the best for last because we have the panel with Michael and Teresa Judice, Louis Ruhelas, Dolores Catania, Polly Connell, we have Jennifer Aiden, Bill Aiden, and Jackie Goldschneider. We'll talk about the other panel afterwards, the one that Danielle Cabral, Melissa Gorga, Margaret Josephs, and Rachel Fuda were on, okay? But in this panel, it was hosted by Michael Rappaport. He doesn't need any introduction. Everyone knows who he is. He has a pretty large following. But for those of you who are listening from outside of the United States, um, Michael Rappaport appears very uh, often on Watch What Happens Live. Um, he is um, like, you know, a recurring guest on the show. He is known to be very vocal, funny, um, you know, he has a pretty extensive resume. He used to play in that series Friends. Um, you know, like, I don't think he had like a recurring role in Friends, but anyways, he had some appearances like in, on that show for those of you who, who are fans of Friends. So, um, Michael Rappaport has a vlog on YouTube. And uh, he's also very active on his social media. So anyways, to make a long story short, we have Michael Rappaport that is being, if some of you are wondering why Michael was being a little bit shady at times towards Louis or Teresa, if you caught that drift a little bit, um, I just wanted to 
play a little recording for you guys just so you can understand where this is coming from. And I must say uh, that Michael Rappaport is a huge Melissa Gorga fan. He loves Melissa. He has been featured on her podcast as well. Uh, and he is a super fan of all of the Real Housewife franchises. But of course, he loves Jersey. He is himself from Jersey as well. So anyways, I happen to <laughs> to like his commentary on the real housewives of um new jersey or atlanta i don't always agree with everything that he says but he is definitely entertaining so for those of you who were wondering why michael was appeared to be a little shady towards Teresa and louis just wanted to offer a little bit of perspective by playing this recording for you guys for this vlog is of New Jersey, which is another, it's, it's a great show, yeah. and there's a long-term family beef, beef between Joe Gorga and Teresa, thanks my heart, Teresa Dudice, thanks my heart, who's Teresa Gorga, who's about to take probably Louis' name, and I'm not trying to ask Teresa Gorga. Teresa, Teresa Judice. Teresa Judice. Judice. Joe Gorga and Teresa Judice. Judice. This is Sopranos-esque. Godfather-esque. Italian-American drama at its finest in real life. Yeah. Some people think these shows are contrived. This is a long-term inter internal family beef uh, uh, between a brother and a sister. Yeah, it's sad. Now, Teresa, as you all know, if, if you don't know anything about the, the, the show, I, I don't know what to tell you. Again, it's your loss. Yeah, no. People are losing out. This is, this is the, what are you watching that you can't watch The Real Housewives in New Jersey? What, what do you think is so sophisticated? We watch Succession and we watch it. It's the same thing. Succession and The Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's pretty much the same thing. Totally. High drama, sprinkle of comedy, right? Suspense. And family. It's all about family dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And dysfunction. Specifically Jersey. Yeah. Now, last night, Louie, who's about to marry Teresa, told Joe Gorga to his face, do you know that I go to sleep in your father's pajamas to comfort the girls. Like, how does that, how does that, how does that happen? At what point did, 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 did Trey say, hey, I have an idea. Why don't you slip these on? Why don't you put on my father, my no. dead father's pajamas? Why don't you put on no-no's? Pajamas. But, you know, I gotta be honest. Sometimes when you're out of town, I might slip your t-shirt on when I'm missing you. I'm right? alive. Yeah, but you have your scent on it. But would you sleep in your father's pajamas? Hell no. And, and, and Gia, Gia, I can't you know, imagine Gia, the girls. You know, Gia was like, oh, hell no. What are you doing? Why are you wearing, sir? It's sir. Excuse me, sir. Take off. Get my no-nos pajamas off your Keep my, my no-nose pajamas yeah, like, off your fucking 
guy, you know, he's starting to scare me. All the suspicions about him initially, like he's just a little weird. Like, where did he learn this? Is he, he's making up his own ritual. Explain what you think. You think that he was like he's like on some wolf pack. So well, he went out. Yes, like he he's like he thinks like like he's ahead of the pack. Like he thinks there's a bunch of fucking dogs. Oh, am I allowed to call him? Yeah, like he, he's like the head of a pack, right? And he's got this scent, and it's like no, no, like the head of the pack, and he's gonna put on no, no scent, and they're all gonna sort of like get in line, like pheromones or something like that. Like the the pajamas represent like this. Oh, no, the smell. The smell. But how did the conversation come up? Did he say? Michael Rappaport and his wife the day after that episode aired where Louis was at the Fuda's house or shore house and sitting on that couch with Joe and he made the comment about Nono's pajamas um, that that video was released on YouTube by Michael Rappaport and his wife and as you can listen <laughs> he had a pretty strong commentary on the matter which I thought was quite funny to tell you the truth but I have to ask myself, I wonder if Louis um, had seen or heard of his commentary on Nono's pajama and uh, how how did he feel like how did he feel sitting down at BravoCon with Michael Rappaport hosting that panel? So I thought that that was very interesting and uh, I'm going to play another audio clip for you guys uh this one is about like eight minutes long i believe um just so you can understand 
the big highlights of that panel. But one thing that I wanted to cover with you guys, because I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear it all on the recording, um, Michael Rappaport asked a very interesting question, and he brought up Kim D. Kim D. The infamous Kim D. And uh, he asked Teresa if there was any chance for a reconciliation between Teresa and Kim D. And uh, you have to watch. I will play the clip for you guys, like the audio clip. But if you have a chance, if you have access to uh, Bravo TV, for, for the people that are outside of the United States, uh, if you have access to Peacock, I know that Peacock is not everywhere. So anyways, or even if you go on uh, Twitter and you type BravoCon, you can probably see some clips of BravoCon. But um, you have to see the visual of that because to me, when Mike Rappaport asked Teresa, is there any chance of you and Kim D, um, you know, making amends? Um, because we've noticed that you guys started following each other again, right? So then I find that Teresa was a bit uncomfortable and she was a bit dismissive of the whole question. She was kind of just like, well, I just started. I just started following her. She was kind of like, you know, putting the emphasis on it just happened, guys. Like, it's not a big deal. I just started following her again. And then she also said, we have not talked yet. That's what she said, right? But I thought that that was a little bit interesting because I was expecting for Teresa to be a little bit more, like a little warmer towards Kim D. Um, you know, if you guys recall last BravoCon, Teresa was like, oh, you know, Kim D is fun. I would have no problem. Like, you know, if I had to pick a person to have fun with, it would be Kim D, right? So she kind of opened the door that way last year by saying that she was, like that she remembered to have had a fun time with Kim D when they were friends, right? So then we know that they have recently started following each other. I talked about that several episodes ago. I even uh, provided you with the screenshots in the sub stack. And um, we even heard Kim D, like Kim D talked about it, right? She went on um, Dana's show, like I think they did a live together on YouTube. And basically Kim D said that Teresa and her were softening towards each other and that you know they um teresa started following kim d and then in return you know kim d returned the favor and started following teresa back as well and then at some point in time there was some sort of spoof call going on and um kim d received a call from teresa and then missed it and then saw that she had a missed call on her phone. And then she decided to, I don't know if she called Teresa or if she texted Teresa. But she definitely, there was some sort of communication between the two. I just can't recall if it was verbal or just by text. But Kim D basically said to Teresa, did you just call me? And the, Teresa said, no, did you call me? Because I have a missed call for, from you too. And apparently they both laughed, they thought it was funny, and it, they broke the ice that way. So I don't know if there has been any further communication between Kim D and Teresa since that spoof call, but 
something did happen more than just like them following each other. So I thought it was interesting that Teresa just said, well, we just started following each other again. It just happened and we have not talked. So um, let me know, guys, what you what you think about that in the comments, because I think it would have been a perfect opportunity for Teresa to say on that platform, yes, you know, like actually we had a little bit of communication. There's something that happened between the two of us that, you know, kind of broke the ice. She could have said something like that, but instead the feeling that I got, and that was, that's just my own opinion, guys. You're allowed to have your own opinion. I'm just telling you, according to my eyes, this is what my eyes saw. I just felt like Teresa didn't really want to talk about it, right? And then um, she even said, uh, Michael Rappaport asked her, like, do you see her ever coming back on the show or that kind of stuff? And she's like, well, never say never, never say never. That's what she said. Right. And again, like to me, it was kind of like a little funny like that. It, it could have been like, like if Teresa was really interested in making up with Kim D, um, she, she, she would have said something like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm open to it. Like we definitely need to like talk about a few things before she, she, uh, comes back on the show or before we film with her, or I don't know, there's a possibility. I don't know, like something like that. But she just answered that question in a very cold manner. And she's like, well, I made up with Jacqueline after six years, but it's like, I don't know. She's comparing her friendship with Jacqueline, who she was very close with to her relationship with Kim D. And I know Kim D has said that she was very close to Teresa, that Teresa called her 14 times a day and all of that. And I guess that's true. Like, I'm no, like, who am I to say that they didn't have that relationship, right? But I always had the feeling that the falling out between um, Jacqueline and Teresa at the time that it happened, like Teresa actually looked like she was heartbroken um, during filming when uh, her and, and Jacqueline fell out. She seemed more heartbroken with her falling out with Jacqueline than when she fell out with Kim D, you know? And, um, you know, it's kind of like interesting because <clears throat> she feuded with both women, but the only time that we've seen, like we've only seen Teresa cry over that friendship when it happened between her and Jacqueline, but we never saw her cry for Kim D on the show. We saw her through a chair at Kim D. We, sh we saw her toss a drink at Kim D or across the wall, but I didn't see Teresa break down and cry over like her relationship with Kim D. But that's just my opinion, guys. So I'm just going to find the little audio clip so you can listen to what will come next. And I'm glad you're there. Like I mentioned the Brady Bunch. Like, like have the daughters hazed you? Like being a step-parent, being a step-father, step-mother can be tough. Have the daughters hazed you? They seem, they seem to love you and you guys seem to get along. What has that been like? Because you have your, your own two sons and now you got daughters. It's been really, it's been really um, interesting and, and fun and cool and, and um, open. So we've all leaned into our relationships, our love for each other. We've all grown together. Step best stepdad. Taking a lot of time to kind of like learn to know about each other. So it's been really good. My sons are in a really good place with Teresa's daughters, vice versa. Okay, good. It's cool. Um, uh, it's, it made news because everything you do, Teresa, makes news that you re-followed your nemesis, Kim D. The infamous Kim D on Instagram. What changed this and have uh, you guys focus? Is Kim D uh, on the horizon to come back? Would Kim D ever be allowed back on the show, guys? You guys can chime in. But what, are you getting along with Kim D? Kim D, coffee, what's happening? And only... I just followed her. We haven't talked yet. So, 
So it's like a soft, like soft, yes, possibly. Yes, yes. Do you ever see Kim D coming back on the show? Uh, never, never. Never say never. Never say never in anything in life. Okay. I, I made up with Jacqueline after six years, Jacqueline Marita, for season one. Do you, yeah, do you think Jacqueline could come back? No, she's living in California now. Right, she's no longer a real housewife of Jersey. Louis, um, on a scale of one to ten, uh, uh, the, the no-nose pajamas thing, uh, I think it was totally uh, misconstrued. It was, it was, it was, uh, you want to explain that? I was trying to be endearing. Break it down once and for all until we can move on from, from the pajamas. Uh, you know what, I was, uh, it's, what you see on camera is not all that's going on in real life. So, um, I continued to try to bond with Joe in, in, in a lot of different ways and layers. And I guess that came out of my mouth because we had experienced the moment when Trish was moving out of her house and she had given my father some old shirts. And my father said, how are you, dad? They're, 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 they're in your package. Yeah, everything was brand new. Oh, like yeah. had it more yet. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was just, it's, you know, it was an endearing comment. It depends on who you're saying it to. You guys got matching tattoos. As we think about, like, you're in Vegas. This is a place where bad decisions, tattoo uh, decisions happen. Are, are you thinking about maybe getting some more ink? Um, no. <laughs> not, not at the moment, no. And, and just to skip down to Dolores and Paulie, would you guys ever consider getting matching tattoos? If so, what? I think I'll get my social security tattooed on her ass. <laughs> Just tell everybody knows who she belongs to. Wow. Okay, okay. Well, I was gonna get to this later, Paulie. Uh, which you're 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 saying this? I have to ask. Uh, if I didn't ask somebody else, would are you guys engaged? Are you getting engaged? Are you getting married? Vegas is a place to get married. What is the current relationship of your engagement? Do you have a surprise or something in your pocket today? Where are you guys at? Oh, you want me to answer that or you want Dolores? We want to hear from you, Paul. Yeah, tell him. Thanks, Mike. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, so um, obviously we're talking about a future. I'd be a silly person if I was not. Uh, Dolores means everything to me. Since I've met her, she may be a better person. And uh, yeah, but the future is looking right. We're, we're, uh, okay, so the other, big, the other big question in the room is uh, my divorce is pretty much close to finalized. So uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. And so yeah, when that's all done, okay, and when we get to that part, um, that's what the next steps are. You know? All right, Paulie, because you know the longer you wait, the bigger the ring's got to be. Like um, you know, I never ever like seeing any couples uh, uh, go through anything that's like, you know, serious on television, especially when you have, uh, you know, kids and you guys have such a beautiful family. Uh, how how hard was that? You know, while you were in the, like the middle of a, a Bravo storm playing out in TV, because it's hard to go through real things privately. But how hard was that for you guys? Uh, like you know, dealing with that in, in, uh, publicly. I mean, for me, going through it publicly was it was okay because I got to show everybody that marriages can survive when you have lived through something that could traumatize you. It's all about forgiveness and you know seeing the bigger picture. What was hard for me is that, you know, emotionally, I wasn't able to control my emotions while we were filming. And 
um, you know, I was breaking down a lot, as you guys saw. But one of the reasons why I decided to share my story is because there's power in the story. I mean, I had gotten one message that really stuck with me about it, because I had gotten so many messages from people saying, my husband cheated on me too, and I didn't tell anybody, and I'm embarrassed, and I don't know what to do. So this is the thing. Everybody's got to do what works for them. People say, I can't be with someone that I can't trust. I trust him 100%. So it's not about trust. It's about building the trust back, right? Got it. I got one message from somebody that said, I got a divorce from my husband because I thought that that's what everybody expected me to do. And I should have stayed with him. He was a good guy. And now I'm alone. And I regret doing that. So power to you that you were stayed for your family. 100%. And I know everybody likes to see you guys, uh, you know, thriving and doing well. Uh, I think it was harder for Bill. Bill, of course. I'm the one who fell. And, you know, he was thank in the you background. for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. I love you. You know, it's not easy to make mistakes in life. And it's harder to kind of live through it sometimes. Um, you know, it helped that it was in the past, and, you know, fortunately our kids were older and they understood that and mm -hmm. tried to own up to it. So it's okay to make mistakes, and hopefully nobody has to make mistakes like just that. just about that. Exactly. Oh. Moving down to the goddess of New Jersey, uh, Dolores Akatani. Uh, Dolores, I don't know, uh, you, don't, you don't talk about it much. Uh, it's kind of dropped in and out. You told me what people told me not to that, but you worked in the court prison system. Like, you were... Yes. I was a yeah, sheriff's officer, I transported prisoners, I worked in the jail, yeah. Which is crazy, because when you told me that, I was like, holy shit. And I was also like, I'm never, I never want to be on the wrong side of Dolores Katani, because she could kick my ass. But Dolores, is it harder wrangling prisoners or housewives? Housewives, hands down. Hands down. Uh, you didn't hesitate for that one. No. You know, I always looked up to my dad. He was the chief of police. I always wanted to be like him and be a cop. So her dad is right there. Yes, I read him. But yeah, that really prepared me for a lot of the things that I've done in my life since. Part of it is uh, diffusing a situation that can maybe escalate. There's like levels of force, you know, and there's all different types of things that I learned during that time that I've used in my life since. Got you. Uh, how are your kids doing? How are they feeling? How are they feeling about uh, their dad just got engaged? Um, Frankie Dunn. I'm so happy for him. Frankie Dunn's got engaged. And um, she's a nice girl. She makes him happy, and that's what we all want for him. And my kids are happy. You know, they're doing, they're living their best life. They're, she's a veterinarian. He works in finance. They're doing what they always wanted to do. They're right now at uh, Alabama football game together. And that's what we live for, to see them together and stay close. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, you you, you and uh, Teresa have known each other for, for a long time. Did you ever feel like, you know, I asked you, do you feel like you have to pick sides? Do you ever, like, is it like, you know, Team Teresa, Team Joey G? Like, is, is, it, is it hard for you doing that again? No, I never felt that way. Because I, I still look at them as the brother and sister that I knew. I knew that... Growing up, I knew Joe was close with my sister, so I knew how much she loved her brother, and that's something that I will remember, and that's the way I treat them. Hmm. So, to me, they're still family, and it will always be that to me. Has it been hard to not pick a side and not be somebody up that was hurting my friend, but the other person is my friend also? So, something you taught me, you can support the friends, but not the beef. You don't have to support the beef. Dolores' fashion. Um, you know, I really like what she said at the end. Uh, although I have 
Shade of Dolores at times on my podcast. Never mean just giving my opinion. But um, and I I have said multiple times that she is Switzerland and she's very neutral and that she kind of need to, you know, step up her game. But I do understand why she is a fan favorite. Um, and she ended that segment very beautifully, in my opinion. And I like what she said at the end. You can support uh, the friend, but you don't have to support the beef. So I thought that that was very well said. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught that, but Michael Rappaport said, I'm going to, you know, tr I'm going to move on to the queen of New Jersey. And the queen is Dolores Catania. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know how Teresa liked that one, right? If you look at the video, she does not appear to be smiling and neither does Louis. So I don't know if it was very well received by them, but uh, I don't know if my Rappaport was trying to be shady when he said the queen of New Jersey, but you know, based on his previous commentary on Teresa and Louis in the past, I doubt that he wants to give her that title. I know he is a diehard Melissa fan and he loves Dolores. So, you know, he, Crowd, he crowned uh, Dolores with that title during that panel. So I thought that that was very interesting and uh, a little bit of a shady moment. Um, I have to say that um, Jennifer Aiden, um, when she answered that question, I think that it was very powerful when she shared a little bit of her story and she explained what she went through and uh, her her story with Bill I thought that there was power in her story and I like the fact that you know she 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 got close and personal with her fans when it comes to that situation and um Polly gave an update on his uh, relationship with Dolores there might be some wed wedding bells in the future who, who knows at that point right and uh Another person that was on that panel, guys, was Jackie Goldschneider, and she was very quiet for the most part. And then at some point in time, she started talking and saying that, you know, she loves Teresa, that all of her friends are here. You know, she is with um, all of her friends are on the panel right now, her, her real friends, the people that care about her. So that would be Teresa and Jennifer and Dolores. And... Um, you know, she said that once she got to um, know Teresa for herself and, you know, without having someone constantly in her ear telling her what to think, then she saw Teresa for truly who she was, like a kind and sweet person that she really loves her, right? That kind of stuff. But I was a little bit taken back by that comment from Jackie because when she came on her first season, she's the one who right out the gate, she just kind of came for Teresa. And there was like power in that too, right? Because Jackie came onto the show and she was Melissa's friend and she was supporting Melissa. And she was sick and tired that Melissa got bombarded by Dolores and Teresa constantly and having to answer to them. And uh, Jackie is the one who inserted herself into that drama by making the comment that she made about Joe Judice and the whole control thing. It didn't seem like it was something that Margaret told her to do, right? It seemed like Jackie um, 
was feeling for Melissa, truly, and that she decided to be like, enough, enough with the constant attack from the sister-in-law and the friend. You know, if it's going to be two-on-one at all times, then I'm going to stick up for my friend. So I find it funny now when grown women are saying, like, it's like, Jackie, you're a full woman. You know what I mean? Like a grown adult, you have five degrees, you know, a kick-ass life, you are a lawyer, you are a columnist, you are a writer, you are so smart, you know. I don't know, like I find it funny when someone says, oh, this person is in my ear and therefore I cannot make my own decisions. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. And now by saying that, she basically admitted what Teresa had been saying about her all of these years, which was Jackie is just a follower. Actually, Teresa, both Teresa and uh, Jennifer have said that about Jackie. They said that she was a follower, that she could not stand up for herself and that kind of stuff. So by Jackie admitting that Margaret or Melissa was in her ear, she's basically giving truth to what Teresa has been saying all of these years, right? So, and at the end of the day, I also remember when Jackie joined the first season and was kind of like going at it with Teresa, Margaret was defending Teresa to Jackie, she was also defending Jackie, but she was defend she was trying to offer some perspective to Jackie about Teresa because you have to remember at that time on the show, uh, in front of the cameras anyways, Margaret appeared like she cared for Teresa. I'm saying in front of the cameras. Now I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm just telling you what we saw, right? So I anyways, I just thought that that was a very disappointing comment on her part. And uh, just to leave it, uh, on that, guys, there was another panel with Melissa Gorga. I think Jen Fessler was on that panel, too. Um, there was Danielle Cabral and the men, right? So, obviously, Margaret kind of talked about her relationship with Jackie being strained, and she said that, you know, she learned probably when Jackie announced it on Watch What Happens Live that her relationship with Margaret was strained. So Margaret took offense to that and now things are not really good with Jackie. And then Melissa kind of shared her perspective as well and said that, you know what, she's a bit disappointing in the disappointed in the whole thing because she loves Jackie she considered her a friend they have like history together so now she doesn't really understand why she hears like bits here and there that you know Jackie is contradicting herself or saying things that are kind of jabbing at Melissa and then when she's with her or in her presence she's like acting nice to her face so Melissa is very confused by the whole thing but I love what she says at the end when she says you know what you need to remember who was there for you when you were down you know who was rallying around you when you were down not when you're trying to come back up who is willing like to show up and just be like oh be my friend I'm here for you now right she says you need to remind remember the people that were there for you before and I love that I love the fact that Melissa said that and I have to say Melissa the reason why I'm not really speaking about Melissa is because there's really no drama about Melissa BravoCon. She just acted like the professional that she is. I've seen all of her looks. She looked absolutely beautiful in all of them. She's a very beautiful woman on television and she is just as beautiful in person uh, I think that her answers were on point. I've seen she took a lot of pictures with a lot of fans, with a lot of Bravo celebrities. She conducted herself like the true queen that she is. And 
another thing that I'm going to say when it comes to the whole Melissa thing, um, you know, there's like this thing circulating online where Melissa made a big deal where she wanted to take the time to take pictures with her fans and um, she wanted to allow them that time, even though maybe security didn't want that. So anyways, there's a lot of accounts that say that this is true. And obviously there's the other side that will, that have said that it is not, uh, for my part, I was not at BravoCon, so I cannot confirm or deny. I can only share my own experience when it comes to Melissa. And I will leave you on this guys. When I met Melissa at her fashion show, a lot of people have told me afterwards, Stella, why did you not introduce yourself to Melissa Gorga? After all, you came all the way to see her at her fashion show. Why didn't you say you were uh, Stella from Housewives Relatable? So here's the thing, guys. I'm pretty sure I have introduced myself to Melissa and said, I'm Stella and I would like to take a picture with you. And it was at the end, at the end of the fashion show and all of that, we were outside. And... Um, I can't really remember what we talked about because I was a little overserved, guys. It was a great party, like I said, right? But I do remember saying that I was Stella. I don't, I know I did not say I was uh, Housewives Relatable, right? Um, because it's, this is just not a natural thing for me to do anyways. I don't go out and like, I don't go around and introduce myself like that. And at the end of the day, I asked her nicely and she was very nice to me. We chatted, we have a few pictures together and um, I am keeping them. And at some point in time, maybe I will release my picture with Melissa. But the reason why I have, I didn't feel the need to introduce myself as a podcast to Melissa is because first of all, I don't do that. And second of all, I also wanted to see how people are genuinely when they don't know that you have a platform or a podcast or people listening to you and from my own personal experience Melissa was delightful she agreed she was very sweet I have a few pictures to attest uh, to it like to my story and at the end of the day she was a very nice person and pleasant to talk to so at the end of the day for me melissa is the type of person that regardless of who you are she will be nice to you and at the end of the day that's really what it what counts so that's all i have for today guys thank you so much for listening i have to say i have to say this guys on my podcast i have finally reached a thousand downloads I have to thank every single one of you that have been following me for almost a year. It's going to be a year in a couple weeks now. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your shares, your likes. Thank you for your DMs. Thank you for your support. It means the world to me. Thank you for being a fan and not fanatical. Ciao!